thanks for joining me on iHeartRadio and the Tech of Sports this week and uh, our, our yearly annual update as the, uh, the National Sports Collectors Convention approaches uh, July 26th in Chicago, joined by Rich Miller from Sports Collectors Daily uh, with kind of an update on, uh, on what to expect and some industry talk. And Rich, thanks for coming on. Hey, pleasure to do it, Rick. Great to talk to you. And uh, Chicago, uh, less than a month away. And uh, kind of uh, give my give my listeners a little preview and uh, your opinion as uh, as Chicago hosts again. Yeah, Chicago is a popular place. It's been there uh, a lot of, I think, more than any other place. Uh, but it's, you know, it works. The, the National Sports Collectors Convention is, you know, it, it's a... Uh, if you ever been to your local card show, multiply it by like a hundred at, at least. Yeah. It's, it's probably probably more than five hundred. It's it's that big. It's, I always tell people it's kind of like uh, a, a card show in an airplane hangar, a jumbo jet airline hangar, because it's just massive. You know, the Stevens Convention Center in Rosemont is where it's held. But yeah, it's uh, it, it's I think you know Chicago is a, a good place for it because it's a, a good collector base there. They know they're going to get a lot of people in just locally, but obviously this is the kind of show where people fly in from all over the country and even all over the world. You know, every year there's always people from other countries there. It's uh, it, it's where you know anybody who is anybody in the industry makes sure that they get there. Um, it's it's not really a trade show. I mean, there's not a lot of uh, you know there's there's some corporate demonstrations things like that and the auction companies come and the grading companies come but um, you know the, the heart of it is still collectors walking around with want lists and, and trying to fill the sets that they are collecting yeah it's a, it's a buyer seller and trading show is, is basically what it is yeah yeah I, I mean there's there aren't a lot of seminars you know there aren't any seminars you know they used to have them when the show first started way back you know 1980 I think was the first one out in Anaheim California but um, you know for the most part it's just it's still that uh, dealer to collector interaction, you know. And there's a, a big autograph pavilion where they have, I think, a hundred and some uh, former athletes and some current athletes signed up to to come in and sign autographs at certain times during the show. And there's a VIP uh, party on Wednesday where they have people uh, come in and buy a VIP ticket to get access to that and sign, get some autographs and things like that. But you know, it, it's. Um, uh, it's I think last year there were uh, the attendance was pretty close to 100,000. I think it'll probably be that way again. The way the promoters are talking, it sounds like um, it's just driven more and more, you know, by just word of mouth. You know, there's, they don't do a ton of advertising, but everybody knows about the show. Yeah. You know? So it's uh, it's it's going to be uh, another big event. I think I don't know if it'll be quite as big as last year. Um, there was really a, a, a big um, interest in the show last year in. Um, when it was held out on the East Coast, but um, you know it's a little different when it comes back to the Midwest because I think it's a little bit more accessible to uh, to a really big collector base. And if you get into Chicago, Atlantic City was a difficult place to get into um, for, for those coming from you know a, a distance where they couldn't really drive. Um, so Chicago's you know just you know, anybody can get into Chicago by air, no matter where you are in the country, without yeah. too much difficulty. So I think it'll be a big big turnout. Yeah, it's a good location. I know you're going. I'm going. Uh, it's a big show, and it's gotten bigger, evidently, Rich. I think they've they've said they've added another hundred thousand uh, of exhibit of exhibit space. I don't know where they're putting that, but uh, I, I think it's going to be as big as last year, or possibly bigger. 
Yeah, they've gone from 400,000 to 600,000 square feet, um, which is, you know, pretty a pretty big increase. You know, it, it's always a big show, uh, but they still got over 100 dealers on the waiting list. You know, the show is sold out. You can't get a table if you want to go in and you think you have a lot of cards and you want to go sell them. Um, you know, you can't do that because uh, there's, just, there's too much demand for the tables. Um, I think the VIP tickets are sold out now. Um, you know, the people that buy those, obviously, there's some perks to that. They get into the show a little bit early, and they can go and, um, you know, get some free autographs and things like that. So um, that's a pretty good barometer, too, to show the interest in uh, how much people want to go to it. I, You know, we talk about this being a, you know, a, a tech uh, podcast kind of, but, you know, it's, it's, it's still, this is a very... Uh, uh, untech kind of hobby, you know, it's still very much the same. If you went to a card show in 1993, it's still much the same today. The prices are different, obviously, but uh, the, the whole thing still, you know, cuts the heart of what baseball cards are. You know, it's just everybody uh, you know, has their own way of collecting, whether it's players or, uh, you know, sets, or they're just buying just because they think this card is, you know, in demand, going to be in demand, and the player's going to have a great career, and they want to put it away. It's kind of like an investment type of thing. Um, but it's, you know, that's the way it was then, too. You know, it's not a different scale. Yeah, one thing that maybe has gone techie is the way you pay for product at the show. Now you can pay with an app on your phone. Uh, you don't yeah. you, you don't have to. I mean, although cash is still probably preferred in a lot of instances, you can uh, you can navigate the show without any cash in your pocket. Uh, most dealers, uh, most sellers, I think, take some sort of uh, will take some sort of virtual payment. Yeah, PayPal very common now, and I think Venmo too, especially among the, uh, the guys that collect the newer stuff, you know, because they're, um, you know, the newer type of apps, they're more willing to do that than maybe some of the older dealers are. But, um, you know, I always tell people the best way to go about this, if you think you're going to buy quite a bit of stuff, but you don't have a, you don't want to carry a huge wad of cash, which I certainly don't myself, and I don't think anybody does, um, the best way to go about it is to, um, you know, try to pay with a credit card or with PayPal early, you know, early on in the show because there are some dealers that don't take any kind of credit card or online payment. You know, they want strictly cash. So if you're out of cash, then you can't buy what they have. So I always try to, you know, make sure that I'm saving my cash for the latter half of my visit so that um, I, I know that I'm going to be able to deal with anybody on the floor at that point, hopefully. with uh, And there are ATMs yeah. <laughs> out, in the, out in the lobby, and they get hit a lot by guys that are just, you know, they, won't, they don't want to carry the cash to the show. They just want to get it there. Of course, we're able to probably, you know, with your own bank. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, that's a big concern for a lot of people is, you know, how am I going to pay for all this stuff? And, um, for, certainly for electronic uh, payments, that's, that's the easiest thing to do, especially when you're talking about big dollar spends. You know, there's, there's a lot of five and some even six figure cards in trade hands there. So, um, you know, they're, they're typically paying, you know, sometimes by check if they know the person and, and you know, the person has. Uh, the big time dealers who carry those cards are used to doing those deals. So, you know, they have ways of making sure that uh, the transaction is uh, it's kind of a worry free one. Yep, we're with Rich Miller, Sports Collectors Daily. We'll put all the links in the show notes. Uh, some tips and tricks, Rich. If you're going for maybe one day uh, and you're local, maybe local in Chicago, you want to go for a day, what day is probably, uh, uh, for the average collector, the best day to go? You know, I, I it, it depends on what you're after. If, 
if you think that what you are looking for is going to be in demand, um, whether it's a rare card or just something that you think you might have some competition for, I'd suggest going as early in the week as you can. You know, if the show's only open from 3.30 to 8 o'clock, I believe, on Wednesday. Um, but Thursday is pretty much of a full day, so I would suggest going on Thursday if you can. If you can make it Wednesday night, great, but if you're out strictly you know, in and out the same day, you know, I would try to get there early in the week. Now, there are some people who say, well, you know, I, I want the best deals, and in that case, you know, maybe if you wait until um, you know, Saturday or even Sunday. Sunday, you know, they're supposed to, the show's supposed to be about, I think, until 4, but a lot of dealers are packed up and out of there by 1 or 2 o'clock, so... Yep. Um, you know, but, but at the same time, a lot of those that are still there, they're looking to move inventory. You know, maybe they didn't have a great show or maybe they just, you know, they don't want, they want to make their load a little bit lighter or they just, you know, for a variety of reasons, they can be motivated to sell on Sunday. So sometimes you can get some pretty good deals if you hang around those Sunday, but just don't be surprised if, you know, you show up at uh, 11 o'clock Sunday morning and uh, after you're there for two hours, you know, the show is one-fifth empty, you know? Yeah. I'm a, I'm a firm believer in that. Saturday afternoon, Sunday morning, Rich, the, uh, the, there are deals that weren't there yeah. Wednesday and Thursday. I've, I've done it both ways, tried it both ways, and uh, I tend to, uh, tend to come in on that side of things, that uh, you, can get some, you can get some deals late, late in the show that you weren't able to get early in the show. Yeah, yeah, it stands to reason. It's very expensive to set up at the National. I mean, you're talking about, you know, not just the cost of your table, which, you know, for five days runs a pretty significant amount of money. I'm not sure exactly what the current uh, pricing is for food at the National, but it's not cheap. You know, you're probably talking uh, well over uh, a four-figure price, for sure. So combine that with your travel costs, yeah. your hotel, all your meals, it's not cheap. No, not cheap. in that area. Yeah, and so it, it, dealers have to make you know a pretty good profit. You've got to come up there with some pretty significant inventory to be able to not just make your table fee, but to turn a profit. So if that hasn't happened for a dealer as well as they would like by Saturday, you know, a little bit of panic starts to set in if you were really hoping to make money at this. And, and uh, so that's you know something to keep in mind is that sometimes you can... You can really make a, a pretty good deal with the guy who's not really motivated seller. But at any time during the show, you know, that's the name of the game now. You know, most dealers will uh, negotiate with you a little bit unless what they've got is just, you know, they know they can sell it to the price they're asking for. There's always deals that you have. You just have to ask. But the worst they can say is no, you know. Yeah, and do you subscribe to the uh, theory that if you if you want it and you see it, that's the time to buy it because if you wait, it may not be there or you may not be able to remember where you saw it. It's so big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the big thing. Um, yeah, definitely. If it's something you want, um, I and you know that there's probably not going to be more than maybe one or two others on the floor, if any, you know, it might be a good idea to just grab it while you can. Um, and definitely make a note of where you found it if you do decide to, well, I'm going to, you know, I know there's others on the floor, I'm going to walk around and see what other prices are, you know, at other tables, um, but if you don't see a lower price, then you're like, oh boy, where was that first thing that I found? <laughs> where was that Hank Aaron rookie card that I thought was a pretty decent price in a you know, a, a five grade or something like that. It's like, oh, I can't remember where I saw it. So write down the number of the booth, you know, if you don't, they do have them marked, but sometimes they're a little bit hard to see, so you might want to ask the dealer, hey, what table number are you? And they'll tell you, and they have the aisle signs over each aisle, um, 
hanging down from the roof so you can you can tell um, you know exactly where the dealer is and go find them again. But you'll definitely want to write that down or jot it into your phone or something so you can make sure because it's a, it's yeah. a massive, massive facility. And if you if you walk around an hour after you first stop, you know it's pretty unlikely you can remember exactly where you were. You lose your bearings in there. We're with Rich Miller, Sports Collectors Daily. We're talking about the National Sports Collectors Convention. We'll. Uh, uh, we'll put all the links in the show notes for that. You talked, you mentioned the autograph pavilion briefly, Rich. It's uh, it's like a, uh, a air, airport security line times four or five. It's a uh, the way they move them through there. But have you looked at some of the autograph prices this year? It's a uh, these autograph prices have gone sky high. Yeah, yeah, it is. I think Dan Marino's like two hundred and fifty dollars, uh, something along those lines. So it's yeah. It, 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 but there are some like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is another one. You want to sign a rookie card? It's thousands of dollars to do yeah. that. A lot of guys are are you know their agents are asking now for they know that the signed rookie cards have gone up in value, so they're they're now charging you know collectors more money to have a rookie card signed they know what the rookie card is and if you have one you're going to pay a little extra for a lot of not everyone but like jerry rice i think i'm not sure if he charges extra for an autograph or not for a for a uh, uh rookie card or not but you know a lot of them do and uh so you know if you like kareem abdul jabbar if you wanted to sign kareem it's an extra <laughs> it's an extra amount of money you normally sign abdul jabbar um, so yeah, they'll and if you want an inscription, even just like a three-word inscription, you're paying forty, fifty, sixty dollars, which is great. But um, you know, I guess the value, the value is there long term, and uh, and and there's certainly something to be said about you know where else are you going to see all these guys? Exactly. There's a ton of Hall of Famers that come in there, and, and you know, your chances of getting them somewhere out for free next to none. A lot of them do private signings. You can get them done that way, but. You know, sometimes it doesn't happen for a lot of years. You know, so um, it, you're paying for the for getting a chance to get all these guys, and and some of them won't be here. Some of these, you know, the athletes are, you know, they're getting up there in age, and, and they're not going to be around forever. So if you're looking for time, it's a convenient way to do it, even if you have to pay a little more for it. Yeah, that's a good tip. Uh, also, a uh, tip I give people that are just there shopping or looking around. A lot of the dealers, especially the big ones, will have bargain bins uh, where you can pick up, uh, you know, 10, 10 cards or 10 things in the bin for $5 or $10. And if you go, if you spend time and look through these bins, there's deals to be had in there. I give that as a tip, and uh, I've, I've scored some, um, some nice finds in some of these quote-unquote bargain bins. Oh, that's my favorite thing to do. At Absolutely. Now, you know. It really is. It's it's a, it's just a blast to go through, and it's kind of like a little treasure hunt. You know, you go through these boxes, and they'll usually have them marked. Uh, you know, so you can you can get dollar boxes. Those are the most common. But there's there's five dollar boxes. There's three dollar boxes. There's fifty cent boxes. There's quarter boxes. There's even some tables where you'll find cards for a dime. You know, and and a lot of them are excuse me, most of them are modern cards. But you know, if, if that's what you collect, if you collect players from a certain team. You know, that's pretty amazing to go to a show like that and be able to buy cards for the dime. Not to say that you're going to pull, you know, some great rookie card, but you never know. You know, you dig through the stack and uh, there's some rookie that has just you know, jumped on the scene here in the last year or two and has kind of gotten, uh, maybe he was once a common, but he's not a common anymore. Uh, but it's just fun. You know, you can find, you know, dollar, two, two dollar boxes, especially you can find some great, 
know, vintage stuff um, in there, especially that um, guys are just looking to move, you know, and, and uh, it's, I, I spend a lot of time doing that now whenever I go to a show. In fact, I'm going to a show in Nashville in a couple of weeks, and I'm yep. really looking forward to going down there and, and uh, spending most of my time going through those boxes. It's just, it's just a lot of fun. Hard to explain, but it's just... You're looking for uh, you're looking for bargains is what you're doing, and, and it's uh, it's just a, it's a ton of fun because you just never know what you're going to run across. Yeah, show me a vintage bargain bin to go through, and I'm there. So. Uh... Uh, looking, looking, and there's no better place than the National to, to do that. So uh, looking forward to that. Looking forward to seeing you, Rich. Uh, uh, if people want to subscribe uh, to Sports Collectors Daily, where should they go? How many how many years now? This is uh, this is uh, you're 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 breaking records here. I'm sure. <laughs> I feel like it, I feel like I've been here for a record-setting amount of time. Now it's uh, 17 years now. Wow. I did it uh, back in the, in the summer, just before the 2006 National, which incidentally was the last time it was on the West Coast, uh, back in Anaheim. So I uh, flew out there for that, kind of let people know about it. We were nothing then, and uh, you know it's, it's grown a lot since then. But yeah, just uh, sportscollectorsdaily.com. It's free. You can subscribe to our headlines each day if you want, and you don't have to worry about going to the site. You'll just come right to your inbox, no charge. You don't sell your email address to anybody or anything like that. Uh, so just you look for box on the, on the on the site to sign up for that. But you can also just come to the site, and we've got 17,000 plus stories now in the archives wow. back all those years. So. Yeah, so if there's something you're interested in, something you want to find out more about, chances are you know, there's been an article about it somewhere along the line, and, and all of it is uh, totally free. So that's, uh, that's one of the things that uh, we did at the beginning, was we made sure that we didn't have to you know, sell paid subscriptions where advertisers supported, so uh, that makes it easier to be able to keep doing that. And you'll go full national mode that last week in July. Happy to be a part of that. And uh, unique coverage that uh, that people won't find anywhere else. There's tons of YouTubers out there that cover the national. But uh, the, the way you do it and uh, the stories are uh, human interest, uh, helpful tips and tricks. Um, always fun to read all that stuff. Yeah, yep. It's, uh, it's always a fun time of the year, and, and uh, you never know what's going to happen at the, at the national. It's it's, uh, it's always fun to see people that you don't see maybe more than once a year. And uh, I wasn't actually able to make it last year. Typical travel schedule, but we did have coverage thanks to uh, Tony Reed from our staff who made the trip out there. So uh, yeah, looking forward to seeing you and uh, having you contribute some stuff. Too. So we'll. We'll do it upright. Yeah, no doubt. We'll see you in Chicago, Rich. Thanks for coming on, and uh, always great stuff. All right, thanks, Rick. Okay.